Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Linux After Dark. I'm Joe. I'm Chris. I'm Gary. And I'm Dalton. Welcome back, chaps. It seems to be all about Linux gaming recently. What with the Steam Deck coming out, everyone's talking about that. And we were talking about it in our little Telegram group that we have. And that led to a disagreement between me and you, Dalton. And that is about running proprietary software on open platforms. And you were pretty much arguing that there's no point. If you're going to run proprietary software, you may as well just run it on a proprietary platform. And I disagree with you. Okay. Why? Because I would rather run as much open software as possible and then ideally sandbox the little bit of proprietary software that I need. I am completely on the same page as Joe. That's exactly how I feel as well. I think that's a really good ideal, but we're already at this point in Steam's lifecycle. And the other day I was playing Inscription. What it does later on, sorry, spoilers, is it searches your file system and you can put a big file on to get points. And I browse through my entire home directory, including .ssh. So saying that it's sandboxed, it just is not. All of us day to day run Linux as our main operating system. And if it's possible to not switch out the operating system and still achieve something by veering into a little bit of proprietary software, that's how I see it. Like I don't want to have to reboot my machine or switch machines or run a virtual machine when I can achieve it. The problem with gaming is it's more low level. I was surprised this week, like I was watching a Jeff Geerling video and he's built a gaming PC. I think his first PC he's built in quite a long time of this power. And he's made a video about struggling to get an AMD card working because he went to download the proprietary drivers from AMD's website rather than using Mesa. I was taken aback because I like he obviously knows what he's doing a lot, but I wouldn't have thought to do that. I thought it was fairly common knowledge. And in the end, he, he installed a PPA because he installed Ubuntu LTS to just get a more up-to-date graphics stack that was still open source. So I'm not so hardline about it. I think if you can get it to work, now I don't play AAA games so as, as much as maybe you, Dalton. So maybe I'd feel differently, but I don't feel that bad. I'm, I'm, I'm falling on the pragmatism line like Joe. I mean, I can come back down to earth too. I prefer to play games on Linux because I like the experience better, including not having to get those drivers. And I know on late night Linux, you had someone write in a complete shit show of uh, trying to get games running on Linux. Uh, that hasn't been my experience though. And I don't play a lot of AAA games, except Monster Hunter, but that works fine. So... I don't know. I've had a great experience just installing games on Linux and doing that, but I don't think that it's necessarily more noble than running them on Windows. I guess I fall down on the side of just using whichever tool is best for the job. And for me, day to day, the Linux desktop is the tool that I guess that I use the most and feel most comfortable using. But that said, there's a, there's a whole bunch of proprietary stuff that makes it easier for me to get my job done that I run on my machine. I'm not a massive gamer, but I've got Steam installed on here. I've got Slack installed. I've got the Amazon Workspaces client to connect to my VDI for work. I've got Telegram. I've got Discord. These are all proprietary pieces of software that I use every day. And it happens to just be because they're the tool that I need to get the job done. I think if I was to try and stick to just open tools, I'd struggle quite a lot. 
And I think I'd equally struggle quite a lot if I tried to run Windows as the underlying OS. I think, you know, the Steam Deck is the the driver of this. And I think it's a shame that just today... Literally four hours ago. (laughs) Yeah, just before we recorded, they've tweeted about advancements in Windows compatibility and that most of the drivers are in place should you choose to install Windows. And I think that's a shame. I I can see that it's pragmatic. And if you're going to release a piece of hardware that, that gives the purchaser the choice, you have to fully go for it. But it would be nice to think that it was like an afterthought because it would drive improving compatibility probably if I played more games, I might be a bit more like Will, for example, who, from what I gather, he just boots into Windows when he wants to play games. He sees it as, this is what I do to play games because it's just going to work because this is what the testing hours have gone into historically. This is what it's developed against as an operating system. Why would I make my life more difficult? So I can see that. Yeah, he didn't even install Linux on it originally until we made it. He just installed Windows not even a dual boot. He just wanted an appliance, essentially, almost a console, but with the power of being able to play PC games. And I mean, that's broadly the way that I use Windows. I just use it as an appliance to do the job I need to do. And then, you know, I put it away again. One of the big use cases I have for Windows is the OBD reader for my car. I haven't come across a decent piece of Linux software that works with the hardware I have. So I keep a Windows machine around that I boot up. I use it for that specific task and then I put it away again. And that's pretty similar to Will's use case, right? It's just, it is a means to an end, but I'd rather be spending my time on desktop Linux if I can. It's funny though, because I mean, I was chatting with uh, one of the guys in the Telegram group this week about the Fallout series, which I'm a big fan of and is quite old now. I've only ever played them on, I think, Xbox 360. And more recently, I've used Lutris to play the Game of the Year edition from GOG because they're really, really cheap now. And uh, with a few bits of massaging to do with audio compatibility, it worked really well. And Adam, he was saying that on Windows, it's only really recently that they pushed a patch which makes it work on Windows 10 and Windows 11. Because they originally came out in the Vista era, there was like a huge block into compatibility especially if you had like the disc and tried to install it. And my experience, I have quite an old machine. It's like a fourth gen i5 with quite a terrible GT730 graphics card. And I mostly play old games, but some of them, one of my friends only has a Windows machine. I found it easier to get those games working on my Linux install via various things like Lutris and things like that where they'd be more difficult for him. So I guess it depends on the era of gaming that you're looking at and the specific games that you play. And I do feel like generally it's got better than it used to be. Basically, it seems like it's a horse apiece. You're going to have some games that are just not going to work on Windows because your Radeon driver is too new or too old. And then your other ones are going to break when you install a different version. And by the time you're done with it, you have three different overlays running. Can you tell that I've been using Windows recently? (laughs) I hit the home button on my controller and three different things took focus at the same time. It was awful. (laughs) Controller with PC gaming? What are you, some sort of filthy casual? Yes. I feel she's casual with a Steam Deck. Oh, get you. (laughs) But really, I think that it's not that one of them is better or worse. They're just 
different. The bugs are different. And you're going to have to deal with it whichever you pick. And for us, we pick Linux for the most part. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to wipe this machine and put Fedora back on it after I'm done with this little Windows adventure. It just seems like it's a horse apiece, really. But I don't think that it's any more noble to run these proprietary applications on Linux than it is to run them on Windows. There's that word noble again, and that's not what I'm getting at. I'm not trying to do it out of any principle or anything. It's just that I prefer Linux. I prefer an open platform because I genuinely think it's better. And that's why I'd rather use that as the underlying platform. And if I have to run a couple of proprietary bits here and there, I'd rather do it on something that I enjoy using and that I'm happy using. But what lengths are you willing to go to in order to do that? So say for hypothetical example that audacity stopped supporting linux for whatever reason however unlikely that is would you switch to windows to use that no because there's tons of other ways to record audio i'm willing to go to quite a lot of lengths i'll give you a good example my favorite video game of all time is sensible world of soccer and there is an intrepid bunch of german people that uh keep it up to date so they patch it every year with an updated database of players and they release a patch. You have to have the original game files to run it. And they release a version for the Amiga, uh, which you can run emulated or you can run on, on bare metal if you've got one around. They also release a patch version of the PC game. But they release a bundle of WinUAE, the Amiga emulator, and some of the versions allow you to play online with peer-to-peer, with Caliera. So there's a, a really weird, like, fudge-together stack and you just download like an EXE on Windows to, to install that. But I could do that and that would be fairly easy. But I run it on Linux, so I have to run it on Wine. So it's like Inception for video gaming because I'm running Wine to get a Windows program to run WinUAE to wrap up an emulator <laughs> to play an Amiga game. It's like the layers of the onion. But I'd still rather do that, just like as Joe says... I like using Linux as the base operating system and I'm loath to switch away from that. And in fact, if I can't get something to work on my Ubuntu Mate install on that gaming machine, as I call it, I'll just give up rather than I don't have Windows installed on it to boot into as a fallback option. And I don't mind that. It's just the way it is for me. I think I'm relatively unusual here because for me, Windows is a system that doesn't get network access. I recently tried Ableton because everyone had been going on about it. It had been about 15 years since I tried it. It turns out it's amazing. But I didn't even think to try and run it under Wine. I just booted into Windows to do it. But that Windows partition doesn't connect to the network. And so for proprietary software that is just an appliance like that, and, and reason that I've talked about that I made the, all the theme tunes for everything ever in pretty much. I make that offline because I don't need the network for that. The network's just a distraction. Whereas something like Slack or Telegram, well, you need network to use that, right? And so I'd rather use those on top of Linux because I suppose I trust Linux more with the network. I, I occasionally have to connect Windows to the network, and it just makes me feel dirty. And yeah, okay, VLANs and whatever could solve that problem to a large extent, but I just I don't like connecting it. And I, it's irrational. It's totally irrational, but there we are. 
I do the same thing. My Windows machines all connect to my guest network, which is VLAN off. If I like, I don't put it on my main subnet. And again, I I can't really pinpoint for you why I do that, other than exactly the same thing that you said, Joe. I I don't like it being part of my main network. <laughs> it's weird. Well, that's no different to Slack having network access, for example, or Telegram or some other proprietary piece of software. You don't know what they're doing any more than you know what a Windows machine is doing. On the other hand, when Windows doesn't have network access, it works better because the start menu doesn't search the internet. Well, this is also true, but yeah, it seems like an irrational thing to do. It's a little bit like when you don't have any Google services running on an Android phone and how much... It just flies. Yeah. And gets weeks of battery life. Yeah, because there are a lot of background processes. There's no denying. Like, it's not a conspiracy theory with Windows. Like, it definitely does have a bunch of stuff going on in the background as soon as it gets network connectivity. It wants to do that. Yeah, and you can totally strip out all of the security stuff. Don't have to worry about updates. Don't have to worry about anything if you don't connect it to the network. I'm sure there are people who would say, oh, well, there's ways to get over air gaps and stuff. But, you know, I'm not some high-priority target here. It's more about just the performance and stuff. If you aren't connected to the network, you can disable antivirus and all of that stuff, and it runs way quicker. You just go into services.msc or whatever and just disable everything that looks like you're not going to need it, and suddenly it works way better. Yeah, I think it also, like, my journey into using Linux was because at the time I had pretty crap computers that just ran better at the base level. It's the same reason I used to flash custom ROMs on my phone because TouchWiz was shit and bloaty. And I the base level of just opening up the device gave me more mileage as well. So I could run more things at the same time and not feel like the machine was choking. So that's where like I come to like custom ROMs for my phone and running Linux on my machines is because I want the base level when I load up the machine to give me a usable environment to use less resources. Like that's historically where it's come from. Well, same for me. I got into Linux because I I must have told the story a thousand times at this point, but I was playing with NLight, stripping out as much as I possibly could from Windows to make it run as fast as possible and really terrible old hardware. And at some point it dawned on me that that's probably not good for security. And so, hmm, let's try this Linux thing. And hey, that runs about as quickly as a stripped down Windows. So yeah, this looks good. Let's stick with this then forever. Oh yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that Linux is way lighter weight than Windows, right? Like my primary laptop only has eight gigs of RAM and I'm sitting here running a full Ubuntu desktop with Jitsi and telegram and audacity and a bunch of other stuff open and i'm still only using three gig of ram even under gnome so there's no doubt that it's lighter but i still don't know what those proprietary apps are doing behind the scenes any more than i know what windows is doing behind the scenes to pull it back to gaming that doesn't necessarily mean you get better game performance on linux in fact most of the time it's either the same or worse because of the state of the drivers yeah, gaming is always going to be a tricky one because of how much low-level access is going on, how many different things need to be tied together to make it work. And then just at the end of the day, we've still got it now. Like, what was it recently? I'm going to have to jog my memory. The response to the Steam Deck when someone brought up the idea of Linux compatibility and they were just flat out like, 
we're just not going to try. Destiny. Destiny, yeah, that's it. But what the Steam Deck is doing with flat packs and an, at least an attempt at sandboxing seems like a great approach to me for running proprietary software. I said that at the beginning and you poo-pooed it, Dalton, but surely it's better to run proprietary software at least contained and sandboxed to some extent than it is to just run it on a completely proprietary platform that you just have no idea what any of it's doing. When we actually do get to that point, yes, it will be better. My point was more that we aren't there yet. If you run a program under Proton, the X drive is just your root, which is kind of scary. Yeah, that's it. And I, I found that with Lutris and Wine and things like that. You, if you run the configuration tool, you can deselect that. But I don't think many people are going to be doing that. And if you do do it, my sensible world of soccer example for it, it starts to complain a bit when you take that away from Wine. So, like, oh, hang on, I can't see lots of things, which I was hoping that I would see. So, yeah, I, I'd agree. Like, there's things like flat seal for flat packs where you can maybe tighten the thumb screws of permissions and sandboxing. But it does seem to me like it's a good idea. I personally prefer it to something like a PPA. I'd rather not grant access to a repository to, to play havoc, but it's still certainly not. Like, you can't just confidently lay it down and say, uh, these are completely segregated and everything's fine. We're not there yet. But hopefully, I think Joe's right to be optimistic, apart from now <laughs> the Steam Deck Twitter account promoting Let's Install Windows instead. But hopefully, it will reach a place where that is more true. Yeah, and I think I come to a kind of similar conclusion. I try and run most of the proprietary stuff on my machine in some kind of containerized format. Say, I think I've got some snaps installed, I've got some flat packs, and where it's available, that's how I run it. But that's still not quite always the case. Right. And for a lot of stuff, it just is going to have access to your full machine anyway. Yeah. You can certainly talk about better performance, using it on your faster operating system. You like the operating system more. But as for benefits outside of that, I'm not sure that we're seeing any yet. Yeah, I think that's that's largely where I fall down, is that I can try and containerize it as much as I can, but all really I'm gaining is the ability to use Ubuntu as my underlying OS rather than Windows. I don't kid myself that it's any better for me to run Telegram on Linux as it is Telegram on Windows. It's still a proprietary piece of software that I don't know what it's doing. It's just got slightly less access, maybe, I hope, to my file system than it would have on a Windows machine. Right, well, we'd better wrap it up, chaps. Do let us know, dear listener, what you think. Do you run proprietary software on top of an open system, or do you just dual boot or something? And also let us know if you'd uh, be interested in seeing me and Chris play uh, Sensible World of Soccer on Twitch or something, because you've got, you got me seriously tempted, because I used to play that as a kid on the Amiga. <laughs> yeah, I'd definitely be up for that. I, I did play against some of the Germans once, and they're incredibly difficult to beat, like nails. They play it all the time, and they have a World Cup. So, <laughs> like, yeah, um, but it would be fun. Maybe we'll try that. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we'll be back in two weeks then when maybe Dalton might tell us about some of the hardware that he's been playing with or maybe we'll talk about something else. Who knows? Two weeks is a long time. But until then, I've been Joe. I've been Chris. My name is Gary. 
And I'm a traitor. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>